0: If you think of Jesus as just a good teacher, it only shows that you are not a very good listener. Uh, Jesus teaches all right. He teaches incredibly. This sermon that we've been studying for the last six weeks has given us scores of famous sayings. It is the most famous sermon in history. It has founded civilizations and shaped the lives of billions. So yes, Jesus is a good teacher, but if we listen to his teaching, we will realize that he claims to be so much more. Think about the Sermon on the Mount. There he stands, a builder's laborer with no formal qualifications, no money, no power, no fixed abode. He's surrounded by the poor, the meek, and the persecuted. And in his distinctive northern accent, there he is preaching against all the rich and powerful, those who will soon crack down on his tiny movement and execute him in shame and ignominy. As far as any earthly observer can see, That's the preacher on the Mount. And yet, as he concludes his sermon, he speaks with insider knowledge about the end of all things. Stunningly, Jesus portrays himself as the fulcrum of time and eternity, of heaven and hell. Matthew chapter 7, from verse 21. Jesus says not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Jesus is the one whom all peoples will petition. On that final day. Jesus is the Lord whom the righteous will claim to honor. Jesus is the name in which prophecy is uttered and wonderful deeds are done. Jesus rules on the day of days. Jesus will have the last word on judgment. Jesus is the one who we must know and and who must be known by us. He must know us. We must know him. Jesus is the definition of heaven, and his absence is the definition of hell. That is the way he speaks of himself. This Jewish carpenter splits the world. He's not simply some wandering rabbi discussing timeless truths. He is the Lord, the judge, the centerpiece of all creation. And so his sermon is not really about some other truth, like the kingdom or righteousness. Jesus himself is the ultimate content of the sermon. The kingdom and righteousness only make sense when we see Christ as the content filling out those terms. Jesus is and always has been the King in whom the kingdom is established. He is the righteousness for whom we hunger and thirst. He is the fulfiller and accomplisher of the law that he preaches. And so as he concludes his sermon, he makes it clear that everything revolves around him. Only he makes sure that we produce good fruit. Only he makes sure that we go through the right gate and stay on the narrow path. And now from verse 24, only he is the rock that survives the storms. Everything else is sinking sand. Matthew 7 from verse 24, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Notice that everyone must endure the floods and the winds. The wise and the foolish alike must weather the storm. Building on the rock does not keep off the rain. But through the judgment of the waters, we cling to Jesus, our rock, and are saved. Without Jesus, we are on sinking sand. What does that sinking sand represent? Well, it would, it would be tempting to view the sinking sand as just transitory worldly things, money and power and carnal pleasures. And certainly those are foolish foundations for life, but the immediate context here points to a more insidious false foundation. If we take the context of verse 22 seriously, then building on sand is like trusting in your preaching or your ministry, your healing. The sand doesn't just represent worldly confidence, it represents religious confidence too. Even being religious, even being a Bible teacher, even having a successful ministry is sinking sand if we don't actually know Jesus and if he doesn't actually know us. That is the one issue on that final day. Jesus ends on this calamitous note. It fell with a great crash. Those are his final words of the sermon. The sermon that began with, blessed are the poor in spirit, finishes with the utter destruction of the foolish. So how are we meant to respond to this sermon? I think Matthew chapter 8 gives us the answer. What should we do in response to the coming storms? Well, we should do what the leper does. Matthew 8 verse 1, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This leper is a man who is naturally outside the kingdom, outside the camp. He's just heard about the coming storms of judgment. Surely he should flee. Well, he does flee. He flees to Jesus. And Jesus does the unthinkable. He touches the untouchable and cleanses the unclean. This is our great hope By nature, we are all unclean. We naturally choose the wide gate and the broad way. We naturally are bad trees producing bad fruit. We're naturally fools, forsaking Christ's words and building our own kingdoms on sand. And yet there is more grace in Jesus than there is sin in us. More cleansing in Christ than there is filth in our hearts and He is more willing to give us the righteousness for which we hunger and thirst. Indeed, to give us Himself. At the end of this sermon, Jesus found a filthy sinner and stretched out His hand not for condemnation but for salvation. This is what He's like. This is what the sermon is driving us towards. After hearing the greatest sermon ever preached, what should we do? We should come to Jesus right now and say, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And what do we hear? We hear Jesus saying, I am willing. Be clean.